0: Hi, I'm Joel Garcia. Welcome to the Pop Culture Shuffle. On today's show, I have a few things to talk about. First up, a brief review of this week's episode of Loki. Then, I take a look at fanfiction based on a cancelled NBC musical comedy. Finally, in honor of Father's Day, I play an old segment about a defunct electronic store. But first, let's talk about Loki. Well, I just saw the second episode of Loki, titled The Variant," and it was really good. The episode began a bit abruptly with the whole renaissance fair, since I thought for a moment the story would take place in the middle ages, but no, it was just a renaissance fair in the 80s. And there were a few things I really liked about that scene, especially the use of holding out for a hero, since at the time of this recording, I had just heard the song on the Masters of the Universe Netflix announcement. The rest of the episode was really good. It starts off in a bit of a funny note as we see Loki essentially doing an office job as he's talking to Miss Minutes. But apparently some time has clearly passed since the last episode, since by this point Loki's apparently now a bit more knowledgeable about the TVA. Seeing Mobius and Loki work together felt very reminiscent of the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Loki being Bucky and Mobius being Sam, and you can see the two work together in a sort of a buddy cop esque way. Now a lot of people might not like this episode, since outside of the opening and the last few minutes, Nearly the entire episode is just the characters talking to each other, and some might find that a bit boring, considering how the last episode it was almost the same thing, but at least in that case, it was justifiable to set up the story. Here, people might find it a bit annoying that the action is limited to only the opening and the closing, since the rest of the episode is just them talking. I think it works for this episode since we're still setting things up. After all, the first episode only introduced a handful of characters. And now in this episode, we see the variant that they were looking for. Quite possibly the most surprising element is that it's not another Loki played by Tom Hiddleston, but instead a female Loki who, according to the credits, is played by Sofia Di Martino. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. It did set up a lot more elements, in particular the idea that Lady Loki, just to differentiate from our Loki, is apparently going through time and stealing items, but from places that are on the verge of an apocalypse, and it kinda makes sense. If you were to go to a place that the world was just about to get destroyed, no one would miss anything because the place would be gone by then. At first I thought they were going to make a reference to Thor Ragnarok again, but no, it turns out it's another variant universe where in that universe, Asgard was destroyed in 1985. So Lady Loki could just go to an apocalypse, hang out there for a while, and no one would notice because the apocalypse was going to happen anyway. Now, my only complaint about the episode was the product placement. Now, of course, there is a reference to an obscure soda that is no longer being made. That works because the soda is no longer being made and it's kind of funny that an obscure soda like Josta would be referenced on the show because a lot of the TVA looks outdated. Especially by how they still use rotary phones. Full disclosure, I know how to use a rotary phone even though I've never had to use one. If you don't know what a rotary phone is, please ask your parents. Or your grandparents. Or your great grandparents. I'm old, but anyways. The product placement was a bit distracting. Now sure, some of it was out of focus and you can only tell what the product was if you paid very close attention like the Dove or Pepsi products. But then you had the giant signs for Arm & Hammer, Alienware, and Waterpik. And while there is a possibility these items might still be around in 2050, especially Waterpik, it just felt a bit distracting and I'm honestly shocked it didn't go any further. If anything, it would have been probably funnier if we had the TVA agents and officers just stealing a bunch of items for their office. Other than that, there's not much else to say about the episode, since the majority of it is just shop talk with some action. What I'm hoping to see in next week's episode is seeing how the two Lokis work together, or if anything just try and fight each other, since the episode did end with Loki chasing Lady Loki, with the possibility that Mobius and the other agents might be stuck there in 2050. But hopefully, all those questions will be answered in next week's episode, which I'm excited to see. Loki streams exclusively on Disney Plus. This week, I was originally going to do a fan fiction on Joker, but after seeing some TV shows get canceled, I decided to instead focus on one of those stories. Now, a lot of TV shows were recently canceled. And while most of those occurred back in May, a few had taken a bit longer because NBC took their sweet time to cancel a few shows. One of which was Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, a musical comedy centered on the life of a person named Zoe who, after a medical test goes wrong, can suddenly hear everyone singing. And I will admit, I never saw the show. I only watched the first episode and hated it. I will admit, when I watched the episode, I just did not like the story. It was just simply, oh, now she can hear everyone singing in her mind. Which honestly felt like it was ripping something off, but I wasn't sure what it was ripping off exactly. The only heartwarming part of the show I liked when I saw the episode was how apparently she could hear her father sing to her because in reality, he can't talk anymore, for reasons explained within the show. But other than that, it just really did not appeal to me, and there were just a lot of things that prevented me from watching another episode. Mainly being the terrible scheduling, and just simply that it wasn't really that interesting to watch in my opinion. Now I'm not here to talk about the show, but I am aware that people are trying to save the series. But I will admit, I don't think it can be saved. It honestly did not help when Jane Levy, who starred on the show, complained about NBC's fall lineup. Which yeah, has a lot of dramas, and in particular Thursday Night being all Law and Order series, and she complained how apparently NBC preferred shows about crime and guns over a show about love. And there are a few things to point out about that statement, considering how, one, those shows about crime and guns are relatively easy to produce, since of course all you need is just a good setup, a premise, a story, and then a chase. And of course the case to solve. Whereas, with a musical show like Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist or Glee, you need to not only find people who can sing, of course, get the rights to the songs, and so much more. Frankly, it's easier to just produce a show about crime and guns because it takes less effort. And sure, that might seem desperately uncreative, but the thing is that Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist also wasn't benefited by the fact that it kept moving around the lineup. In addition to the COVID-19 pandemic, which affected every live-action scripted drama and comedy, the show began airing on Tuesdays in a nice time slot right before This Is Us, but then halfway through was moved to Sunday. I mean, the show went from airing right before This Is Us to airing alongside Ellen's Game of Games, and not just one episode, two episodes of Ellen's Game of Games, and Good Girls. Who knows if Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist will ever come back, either on NBC, some other broadcaster, or maybe even a streaming service. But for now, we're here to talk about fanfiction. And today we're reading a story by Aubrey Richman on fanfiction.net. Today's story, True North. This was published on August 16, 2020, so it's based on the first season. The synopsis reads, Recent events have Zoe's world spinning. Her best friend hates her and now she is having hallucinations. Could this get any worse? And with all of that said, here's a snippet of this fanfic. Zoe sat back in her chair with a sigh. Joan and Ava were fighting over Max? And Max has made his choice. He chose Ava. How? Why? So he tried to catch Max's attention, but he turned away from her after barely meeting her eyes. Not a word was exchanged. Her world continued to spin and she didn't know where to go or what to do. She felt her heart twinge. Suddenly, right in front of her, another Max appeared, looking directly at her. She looked between the two Maxes and groaned. Watching the real Max walk away to the elevator with his new team. Why, so glum, so? You aren't real, I saw you appear in thin air. That doesn't matter, you can still see me, you can still hear me, I'm right here. Zoe leaned forward and knocked her head gently on her desk, sighing loudly. You okay, Zoe? Tobin asked, looking at her with concern. She nodded and turned back to her computer. I'm not going anywhere, a sing-song voice sounded in her ear and she looked up. Max was sitting on top of his empty desk. Ugh, damn it. She ignored the figure sitting on the desk. It wasn't hard, he hadn't even said a word since taunting her with his presence. She sat, typing away at her keyboard while he watched her. You know, I didn't want to go, I wanted to stay here, with you. I know, but I couldn't hold you back. Hold me back? Zoe, you don't know what the hell you're talking about! Zoe looked up at the man indignantly, about to let loose a torrent of foul thoughts. When out of the corner of her eye, the real Max appeared. He walked past her without a word, bending down to retrieve something from his chair. He stood with his lumbar support in his hands, Turning he stoically, he met her eyes and then walked past her still silent. That's 4 floor property, you know. He continued walking, ignoring her. Max? Max? His steps hesitated, but then he reached the elevator and the doors closed behind him. A tear fell down her cheek. He said it wasn't personal. It definitely feels personal. I think you're mad at me. You're mad at me for not saying what you wanted to hear. And now you're trying to teach me some kind of lesson. Uh, is that what you think? Yes, it's what I think. Why else would you have taken her side? You've been there for a whopping two days? I don't know. Maybe because people actually like me on the sixth floor. Do you know that Ava has said more to me in those two days than Joan has in the last five years? Oh, and it's also a huge opportunity for me and my career. Have you ever thought about that? So, you're just going to leave behind everybody that helped you get there? Is that the idea? See it how you want to see it. Nobody down here understands why Ava even wanted you in the first place, just FYI. Max looked like he had been hit in the face with a 2x4. He took a deep breath. Maybe it's because I'm a good person, or a very selfish one. Imaginary Max jumped off his old desk and strode toward her with a finger pointing at her. YOU ARE CALLING ME SELFISH?! He stopped in front of her desk and she looked up at him sheepishly. Look, I have spent far too much time worrying about other people's happiness more than my own. ESPECIALLY YOURS! And I think it's finally time I focus on my own happiness for a change. Do you even know all the things I've done for you? Do you? Or do you just ignore them? You seem to ignore my feelings about everything. Have you ever known me to have a bad day? NO! Because I don't tell you if I do! I keep it buried! I don't tell you because I focus on you! It's about time I changed that! You don't even know! Shut up! Just shut Shut up! up. Zoe's voice rang out and echoed across the entire fourth floor. It was followed by an eerie quiet as every person turned to look at her. You're all just so loud! She shrugged, trying to blow off her outburst. Max smirked at her. I'm still here, Zoe, and I think I'll be here for a while. Now, from what I've looked up about the show, Zoe and Max do get together, but in the show's final episode. As for this fanfic, it's really good. The only bizarre element in the story was of Zoe seeing an imaginary Max and fighting with the imaginary Max. If it isn't something that happens on a TV show, which again, I've never seen, it's a bit weird. Other than that, there's not much else to say about the story. It's really good and if you're a fan of the show, you might like the story. As for the possibility of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist coming back for a third season, anything is possible. True North is available to read on fanfiction.net. Both seasons of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist are available to stream on Peacock. Season 2 is also available to stream on Hulu. Both seasons are also available to own on digital providers. And finally, Father's Day is this Sunday. With that in mind, I've decided to play a segment from earlier this year. To be more specific, February 27th. Now, for some of you, you probably have never heard of Fry's Electronics. Or maybe you've heard of Fry's Food Stores, but not Electronics. I'll just begin by pointing out that Fry's food stores are not owned by Fry's Electronics. They're different companies, which happen to be started by the same people, but the food stores were sold later on to another company. We're talking about Fry's Electronics. Now you might have recently heard, after more than three decades of operations, Fry's Electronics has shut down. Now for some of you, you've probably never heard of Fry's Electronics. You may be wondering, what is a Fry's? For those of you unaware, Fry's Electronics was in a way reminiscent to Best Buy, a store which sold a lot of hardware, software, and other computer-related devices. So you could, for example, buy an entire computer, or buy all the pieces you need to build your own computer. In a way, it's reminiscent of what you could do online now, where you can just buy every single piece you want online and then build the computer yourself. But in this case, you could actually go to the store and buy yourself, without having to wait for shipping and handling. Now for some, that might seem ancient, and admittedly it is. In fact, the one thing that was distinct about Fry's Electronics was how ancient the stores were. Literally. Each location had its own distinct look. For example, the fries in Burbank had a distinct appearance of a UFO in Air 51 style, the fries here in San Diego was technologic, and so on and so forth. Now fries themselves were mainly outdated when compared to other stores, especially with how slow they were to embrace technology compared to other locations. I can still recall getting the Union Tribune, the San Diego Union Tribune newspaper, and always seeing at some point a large page consisting of just offers from Fry's, all the discounts and offers. And it's one of those things that my dad loved to see. He just loved checking them out, wondering, these are the things I'm going to buy when we go to Fry's. And the thing is that Fry's was not exactly an easy to find place. It wasn't like going to a 7-Eleven or a Target, you could just decide, oh, we'll go there tomorrow. No, it was a thing where you had to go far off a route to get there because it wasn't located near any train stations, it wasn't located on a specific bus stop, no, you had to find your way all the way to fries. Here in San Diego, for example, the fries was located up the route to the stadium, as in, it's not on the highway to the stadium, you need to get to the highway to enter the stadium, but then you need to take right north of the stadium to find the fries. It was that hidden here in San Diego. Now, the same can be said about their other locations. I'm not sure how it's located elsewhere, but that was my experience here in San Diego. And to me, whenever I went to Fry's, it was always a unique experience because it didn't have the organized style of, say, a Walmart. It didn't look like a Best Buy. In a way, it looked a lot like a Costco, but not in a good way. It looked distinct by each location having their own formatting, such as the aforementioned Area 51 style in Burbank or the technological styles here of San Diego. But other than that, there was not that much to say about it other than being just a store full of technology. And I admit, I have not gone that much to Fry's in the past few years. I think in the last 10 years or so, I've only gone 3 times, compared to the hundreds of times I've been to Best Buy. Now most people may merely jump the gun and blame, oh, it was Amazon, or since we're still in the pandemic, oh, the pandemic. Both of which could be right. In their official statement, they did say the COVID-19 pandemic was to blame. Specifically, they said they had to close the business, quote, permanently as a result of changes in the retail industry and the challenges posed by the COVID-19 pandemic, unquote. So it's twofold. First, they were already facing threats from the other retailers, which in this case could be both Amazon and Best Buy, and at the same time, they had to deal with the pandemic. And the sad thing is, they're not even having a going out of business sale, no store closing sales. It's not like you can just go right now to your nearby fries and just decide to pick up everything at 90% off. From what I've been seeing on Twitter, they were apparently having problems with inventory long before the pandemic. As in late 2019, so it was bound to shut down anyways. If anything, the pandemic just sped things up by a few years. Now most people may say that it's just another store that's gone forever. And while that is true, it also means there's just less competition. Since we've gone from having multiple electronic stores to there essentially being one or two. Best Buy and Amazon. And some might say another store called Micro Center, which I've never heard of. And people may say that now it's gone to a point where it's almost monopolistic. It's debatably true when it comes to being monopolistic, because, yeah, Best Buy is the only big brick-and-mortar electronics store remaining. Because by comparison, Walmart and Target do not have exactly the most expansive electronics sections around, and with Amazon, it comes to a situation of where some products are not legitimate, and some might be from some company you've never heard of. There is a bit of a downside of losing yet another brick and mortar store since for many it was the joy of just going to the store and find what you need and sometimes you can just leave with something else. I think it's safe to say we've all had that moment where we're going to the store to buy something only to wind up leaving with something completely different. Sure, you might have gone to that Walmart to buy milk but for all you know, you probably left with a toaster too! There's not much else to say about Fry's closure. It's just another in the long line of dead and defunct stores, alongside Circuit City and CompUSA. Best Buy may still be around, but who knows for how long? Can it be able to survive in a world where Amazon and other companies are online? Who knows? Farewell, Fry's Electronics you now join a long list of defunct stores, right alongside not only Circuit City and CompUSA, but also The Good Guys, Borders, FedMart, Homebase, and of course, Blockbuster. Now the reason I wanted to replay that was mostly due to my dad. He was of course disappointed to find out the stores were closing, but accepted why it happened. My dad has seen a lot of stores come and go, such as the aforementioned CompUSA and FedMart, Despite these closures, he has been able to still find the electronics he needs, mostly through online shopping. Also, Harbor Freight Tools. I'm not sponsored by them. We just like their selection of tools and lights. <laughs> That's all the time we have for today's show. If you would like to know when the next episode comes out, remember to follow or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite stream provider. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at MrJoelGarcia9. Until next time, thank you for listening, and have a happy Father's Day.